and we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. The West Coast swing, it did not disappoint as a Max Homa. Cool story. Hometown kid there in L.A. wins the Genesis Invitational, his second win on the PGA Tour, defeating my boy, I know, I know, Tony Finau. Couldn't get it done. I had a win ticket on him. I was counting the money when I saw that ball go up next to the tree in the playoff home. Home and looked like, uh, you know, he was going to maybe make a bogey part the best, which he did. Finau in a great spot, pitching back up the hill, and he couldn't get it done, and Homa does. Anyway, let's move on. I'm not bitter at all. I love Tony Finau. He's going to get a second. Well, we'll see. Anyway, this week, Florida Swing, it has started, people. It is beautiful here in Florida. I know you're probably sitting there right now, much of the country. You're still in winter. You're looking at snow, cold weather. But you know what? March is right around the corner. You know what that means? It's spring. It's coming, people. It is coming. It's going to be time to play golf. I'm here to help you with that. Play better golf. Go to Travis Fulton Golf. On Instagram, all kinds of programs there people are doing. Get back into the swing of things. But this show is about fantasy golf you guys know i love to play fantasy golf i love to play win tickets i love to play top 10s top 20 but i want to focus this week uh, on fantasy golf and particularly on DraftKings, and give you some of the names that i'm looking at and how i'm really kind of breaking down this tournament share with you uh, the model that uh, that i'm looking at as we look at a world golf championship at the Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida. Usually this course, or this tournament, I should say, World Golf Championships, Workday Championship, is the official name of it, is played in Mexico. Not this year due to COVID. They're going to come over here to the States, play in Bradenton at the Concession Golf Club, which got its name, believe it or not, back in 1965 when Jack Nicholas was playing Tony Jacklin in the Ryder Cup. Tony had a two-footer to tie Jack, and Jack gave it to him, conceded it. The two-footer, the Americans tied the Ryder Cup and retained the cup. It was a wonderful gesture. Years later, here they are working together on this design of a golf course, and they call it concession. That's how the name came about. It's a big property, folks. This is a big-time golf course going to play around 74 to 7,500 yards. Uh, It's a par 72. We don't know much about it. It's difficult, right? Because usually we have a history with courses. Not this week. What we do know, 2015 NCAA championships, Bryson DeChambeau. That's where he won his NCAA title. I believe he beat CT Pond. Xander has played here. There's a couple others, but for the most part, not many guys have played here. This is a big time field, folks. World Golf Championships, it brings the top guys in. Basically, everybody is here except Tiger, who we saw on TV last week, who looked, I don't know what. I mean, he just didn't look good at all. Um, Hopefully, we'll see him in the Masters, but I'm not sure. Paul Casey, he's not here as well, but everybody else is. It's the first time a professional golf event has been played here on concession. I've been reading a lot. I've been talking to a lot of people that know a thing or two about concession golf club. And the consensus is, is that they designed this course to be a big test, a difficult test. So difficult. Gary Coke said that he just doesn't play it much anymore because it's too hard. Gary Coke was a professional golfer. So a lot of amateur struggle here 
Not sure why you'd want to go out and just get your head beat in every time you play golf, but that's kind of what it sounds like here at Concession. Now, here come the big guys, and they will attack it. They will make birdies, and I'm sure with no wind, good conditions, they will bring it to its knees. So what kind of player uh, is going to play well here at a concession golf club based off of what we know? So through my research, I think starting off the tee with this golf course, you're going to see a little more generous fairways than we saw last week. Riviera, of course, they kind of pinch him in a little bit. Not much rough, though. Guys were able to play out of the rough. More difficult to control the spin. Um, but this week, I think that the fairways will be pushed out a little bit wider, a little more room. But I do think it sounds like it could be a little more penalizing once you do get off of these fairways. Um, I've heard the number 300. If you can carry it 300 plus, you have a huge advantage here on this golf course. And well, let's be, you know, let's just be completely honest. If you can carry it 300 plus on any golf course, for the most part, you have a huge advantage, but I believe Paul Eisinger talked about 300 plus driving it exceptionally well here. You have a major advantage on this golf course. You start going under 300, getting off the fairways a little bit, then uh, you're up against it here. So, you know, you have to elevate distance off the tee here. I think, on a big ballpark like this, which I certainly did. Now, as you start working into the greens, the approach game is going to be huge. Anytime I see places like this, I really start waiting out ball striking distance off the tee approach game into these greens. They sound like, and they look like from what I've seen, some amazing green complexes, well protected with sand. There's a lot of sand here. Welcome to Florida folks. A lot of sand. A lot of water. There are there is some water um, on a number of these holes. It's not. I don't think you know some of the courses like you, you'll see here, um, like PGA National. But there is some water here on this golf course, but a lot of sand. Difficult pushed up green complexes, well protected with sand and a lot of movement. It sounds like some big time movement in these greens. I think these guys this week during practice rounds. We'll be spending a lot of time around the greens, um, where to pitch from, a lot of times putting around where the hole locations will be to, to kind of get some familiarity to how to pitch to these surfaces, how to putt to these surfaces, the best way to attack it into these greens. So you start kind of thinking that through, you need a complete player. <laughs> you know, you need a complete player. And that's what the tour wants. World Golf Championship, best players in the world. They want to challenge all facets of the game. So we're going to take that into consideration here. We're going to look at some numbers. And at the end, I'm going to build my model. And I'm going to give you some names to think about as you fill out those DraftKings lineups. Now, one of the first things that I like to do is go into fantasynational.com and take a look at the field and look at strokes gain total in the field over the last 24 rounds. Now, you can break that down the last four rounds, eight rounds, 12, 36, whatever you want to do. But I, I like to look at 24 rounds. It's a great starting point for me as I start making some notes on, on some players that uh, I'm potentially going to look at or want to look a little bit deeper um, into. Now, I've already kind of got some names in my mind, um, but I always like to kind of write down these names as we go through it. Now, no surprise, strokes gain total, last 24 rounds. Dustin Johnson, there he is at number one. You're going to pay for him, 11,000 
600. Patrick Cantley comes in at number two. He's 10,000 in DraftKings. There's John Rom at number three. No surprises there. Now, here's some value, perhaps. Number four, Max Homa, 8,600. He's coming in at probably one of the higher numbers for him coming off the win there over at the Genesis Invitational. There's Tony Finau, no surprise, 9,800. If you like top fives and you like top tens, I mean, Tony Finau seems to be as close as it gets. There's Xander uh, coming in next there at number six. He's 10,800. And then Patrick Reed, 9,200. He's strokes gain total number seven. There's Daniel Berger, who won the AT&T at 93. I think two interesting number or names there. Of course, Patrick Reed, the defending champion uh, in Mexico, uh, won earlier in the year as well at Torrey Pines, uh, playing some good golf, working with David Ledbetter, seems to be uh, improving from a ball striking statistic. We know his short game is fantastic. We know his putting is fantastic. If he can continue to excel uh, from a ball striking standpoint, there's Daniel Berger, who uh, working with Cameron McCormick now, I think has become um, a, a very well-rounded player. So perhaps some value there. 92, 9,300. There's Justin Thomas, 10,500. A uh, little bit down the list there from here. Had an awful week last week. We'll get into that. I do like Justin Thomas, though, this week. I think this is a good course for him, and I'll explain that once we start getting into the model more specifically. Victor Hovland coming in at 9,400. Cameron Smith played great golf last week, 8,700, someone to look at. Joaquin Neiman, 90, or excuse me, Joaquin Neiman, 8,100. I think that's a pretty low number for Neiman. I like Neiman. Uh, a, a win feels like it's going to happen this year uh, for Joaquin Neiman. You start talking about, I need a ball striker. Well, that's a guy that that comes to mind. And I think a much improved putter. As we keep moving down the list here, there's Ryan Palmer. He comes in at 13. I think some great value there at 7,200. I like Ryan Palmer. Uh, drives the ball very, very well. Lose a little bit around the greens, um, but I think he checks the boxes other than the around the green game in 7,200. Certainly someone that I'll be looking at. There's Sunjay M. He's back, folks. Sunjay, he is back. After two weeks, the dude buys a house and he just disappears. I was worried about him. Strokes gain total, he comes in at 14 in the field. There's Ortiz. Gosh, he just crushed me last week. Absolutely crushed me last week. And I think there's a learning curve here, okay? And I'm getting better at this, right? Where you take someone like a Carlos Ortiz last week at the Genesis and he misses the cut. But here he is at 7,300 yards, or excuse me, 7,300 value in DraftKings. And he checks a lot of the boxes. What you don't get with Ortiz is probably the super high level approach game. Okay. That's where the guys probably get him. Okay. He's really good around the greens. He's a great putter. And I think he's better than advertised off the tee. Um, but he missed the cut last week, but I'm going to probably get back on him at 7,300. I mean, there he is. And uh, at good value, Rory all the way down at 16 strokes gain total. 10,400 in DraftKings. That's something to think about, right? I mean, there's Rory. You're paying premium price, and he's the 16th-ranked player last 24 rounds in strokes gained total. Now, we know Rory can go. 
question is, is when is he going to go, right? When is Rory going to put the pedal down? Harris English, 7,500. How about that? Harris English, one of the hottest players, it feels like, over the last year. And yet, here he is. He comes back, had a couple, you know, uh, what's the word? Pedestrian tournaments. And there he is at 7,500. Right back to the number that he was before. Probably he was starting to play great golf. But uh, we know Harris... Hey, he's demonstrated that he can go. Got the wind, um, you know, there a month or two ago. And back in the World Golf Championship, there's Terrell Hatton, 9,600. Think about that. Harris English, 7,500. Terrell Hatton, 9,600. Harris English's stroke saint total, 17. Terrell Hatton, stroke saint total, 18th. 2,100 difference in what you're going to pay for the price. Interesting. Brooks Kepka, 9,500. Louis Ustason comes in, strokes hand total 20. And then there's Webb Simpson all the way down. Hasn't played well. Webb Simpson has not played great golf as of late, all the way down to 21. Abraham answers someone that I'll be looking at here, strokes gain total 22 at 6,800. All right, so that's 6,800. Now you're down in there. Got to find some value depending upon how much you want to pay up top. You want to go DJ, you're going to need some guys in the sixes probably. I think Abraham answer is one of those guys. I, I like what I'm seeing with Abraham. I think a, a guy that struggles around the green, that's his weakness. Okay. That's his weakness. How difficult is it going to be around the green? I, I think that's a question for me that I've got to get more definitive on before I fill out my final picks. Scotty Scheffler, uh, some up and down here from Scheffler. We've seen some really good stuff and particularly in round one. And then we've seen some really bad stuff in round two. 8,300, probably appropriately priced. There's Will Zalatoris. You guys know I love Will. Love Will Zalatoris. I think it's a good place for him, 8,000. I'll be playing some Will Zalatoris at 8,000. There's Bryson. How about that? Strokes gain total all the way down. He's 25th. Last 24 rounds. Didn't play good last week. Had a better second round. But he's coming in at 9,900. Here's a name that I would consider, Sergio. Ball striking core, Sergio Garcia coming in at 7,500. We know he struggles with his putting, uh, really towards the bottom in this field. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Um, he can go off the tee. We know he can go in the approach game. And his around the green game, folks, pretty darn good. It really is. It is really, really good. There's Matthew Fitzpatrick, who played good last week, 8,500. That's an interesting name. I'll probably pass on him. Colin Morikawa comes in at 9,000. You know, I just, you know, I mean, Morikawa is just such an elite ball striker. And really, it's just difficult right now to watch from the putting perspective. I think he lost close to seven strokes putting last week. There's Adam Scott coming in at 29 strokes in total. And then there's Brendan Todd at 30. So I could continue to go down. Those are the top 30. Some names right off the top to consider in the field with their value. I start making my check marks, the guys that kind of pop out to me based off perhaps previous record coming in, based off how they play in Florida. Some names that I start to kind of, you know, put a little check by as we continue to go a little bit deeper now into the field. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team 
in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. All right, next segment here. I like to go into this custom stat model designer, FantasyNational.com, and allocate some different percentages now to certain categories based off how I think the course um, is going to play. You have to pick a lane. Uh, That's one thing that I've learned in in getting into playing more fantasy golf and picking more win tickets and top 20s and the whole bit. You got to pick a lane. Like, how do you think this is going to play out? And as I start kind of weighing this out, strokes gain approach and strokes gain off the tee, I'm going to kind of put here as one and one A. I, I, I want a ball striker here. You know, I want some length, and I want to win in the approach game. That, that's that's where I'm really leaning here. All right, I'm going 25% approach. I'm going to go, let's go 20% off the tee. And then we'll put strokes in around the green at 15%. Strokes gain putting 15%, give or take a percent here or there. Um. But that's how I'm going to weigh that out. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to allocate another 10% uh, to this proximity from 100 to 125 yards. I want to focus in on this 100 to 125 yards. I think there's going to be a decent amount of wedge shots into these greens, par five, some of the shorter par fours. So I want a good wedge player approach game. I'm going to put 10% on that. Uh, and then I'm going to put 5% on par four. So I'm going to go strokes gain, par four, and then 5% on 200 to 225. We got some big par threes. Uh, so I'm going to go par three, 200 to 225, 5%, and then leave another 5% for opportunities gained. And uh, I like that. You know, I, I think that's kind of the way it's going to play out. Factors in some length off the tee, does factor in some of those longer par threes, factors in par four scoring, and then factors in that wedge game, perhaps, that we're going to see on some of these big par fives and shorter uh, par four. So how does that rank out over the last, let's say, one second here, loading, fantasynational.com. Great site. Lots of things you can do. And you just have to kind of find what works for you. Last 24 rounds. Based off this model, number one, Justin Thomas. Don't be afraid to come off a miscut. And uh, Justin Thomas has certainly miscut and has come back beautifully. Justin Thomas just lost his grandfather a couple weeks ago, playing with a heavy heart. Got through it at Waste Management. Didn't play too bad. Played awful last week, missing the cut. He's back. And this golf course 
is just fantastic for him. I will be playing him at 10,500. I will be putting win tickets on him. Um, he ranks first in par threes, 200 to 225 yards. He ranks first in par four scoring. He ranks first in strokes and approach. He ranks first in opportunities gained. He's my guy. Last 24 rounds, based off my model, coming off a missed cut. I like him to rebound, get focus here back in Florida. There's Joaquin Neiman. I'll be playing him at 8,100. I think he is a, I think he's a guy that is really improving. I mean, really improving. His putter was a bit of his nemesis for a long time. And um, we saw Joaquin play exceptionally well um, back at the, the Tournament of Champions where he finished second. I had a win ticket, win ticket on him at Sony. Finished second, 43rd at the Genesis, didn't play well there, lost four in approach. That's not going to happen again. You'd have to look, I mean, years back to see another tournament where Walking Neiman lost four strokes in the approach game. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Still made the cut and finished 43rd. Walking Neiman, like Tony Finau, has become a better putter. He's become a better putter. And it's not a weakness with Finau. It's, anyway, you can see how I feel about Finau. We'll get back to him later probably. But with Neiman, he's a better putter as well. I'll be playing him at 8,100. Great value. There's Sergio. How about that? Sergio, last 24 rounds. Hadn't been playing that bad. 7,500. I think you got to play Sergio at 7,500. Daniel Berger, 9,300. Another name that I'll be playing. Uh, Rory McIlroy comes in at 10,400. I think you're just, when you look at Rory, you know that he's nowhere close to his A game. You're just playing the ceiling with Rory, right? Uh, I'll probably stay away from him in the fantasy game, but could you convince me to put a little money on him to win? I mean, of course you could. We know Rory has a ton of win equity. I mean, he, he knows how to win. So at the right number for sure, but I'll probably I'll probably pass uh, with Rory, let things kind of get a little closer, maybe into season here as we as we continue to roll along with some big vents. There's Brooks Kepka. I like Brooks at 95. He comes in number six in my rank. There's Abraham Answer comes in at number seven. Um, you know, so the the these are this is these are some more names that I that I start to look at and really start putting that extra check mark as they continue to show up as I run these models. And Abraham Answer, I think at 6,800, continues to show his name. And as you start looking down in those value picks, I think a guy that you have to look at, Morikawa at 9,000, can he have a reasonable putting week? Reasonable. That is the word. Not negative 6.7. Negative two, reasonable. He's putting with the claw now. I mean, it's just, I'll be honest with you. As a teacher, I hate to see it. I hate to see it at this age that he has to go to that that early. That in his mind already that he has an issue. And he, I mean, I, I think it's the right thing to do, but I just, I don't know. It, it just, it's, um, it's tough to see because he's such a great young man and the kid can strike his ass off. I mean, his ball striking is so damn good. Can't lay. 
Morikawa's a better ball striker than Cantley. Better. Head and shoulders above. Cantley, though, just, you know, just head and shoulders better with it, with his putting and just, um, you know, you, you have to putt reasonable. And if Morikawa putts reasonable, he's every, he's every bit as good as Cantley. There's Jason Day. I think that's an interesting name, Day. Um, you know, I 7,800, Jason Day, I think you have to look at. And when you look at Jason Day, a couple things that you have to keep in mind. One is you have to keep in mind that he hired a new coach, Chris Coma, who's one of the best coaches in the game. I'm not sure exactly what they're working on, but my my bet, my guess is is trying to eliminate some of the pressure off Jason Day's back. And I think there's got to be some change of knee flex that has to start happening probably to do that, where he doesn't back up as much through the impact zone. So there's probably some things happening there. Last time we saw him on AT&T, played good, finished seventh. But Jason Day's always played good um, at Pebble Beach. So can he come over here and continue you know, to, to play well, he didn't hit the ball that great at AT&T. I was on him. I played him, you know, it was a reasonable play, but, but Jason did AT&T is a no brainer. He lost one stroke to the field, um, in the approach game, gained one off the tee and, and got another, uh, see 3.3 positive in putting. So it's just, you know, Jason day, kind of a coin flip, you know, coming in at 10 in my rank, 7,800 feels about right. I'm probably going to pass on day. There's Webb at 91. I'll play Webb. I'm going to play Webb this week. I really am. I, I Webb is too good of a player to, um, I think, just kind of expect him to keep rolling the way that he has. And I'm pulling up his stats right now. Um, but I think this is a good course for Webb in the standpoint that, you know, Webb is exceptionally good on Bermuda greens, exceptionally good. You know, he, he just, he's one of the best when it comes to that waste management Phoenix open, um, just didn't do anything good. Finished 42nd. He was fourth at the Sony though, but he really didn't do much there either. He was nine in positive putting. So it just kind of the putting really, um, covered up a lot of stuff. I think the ball striking has been the question mark for Webb. Can he kind of get things back going again as he did towards the end of last year um, where he finished six at the Northern Trust and he finished eight at the U.S. Open? And uh, so I, I think Webb, it's it's time. He feels a little bit due now to kind of get going again. And I think at 9,100, um, that seems reasonable. No cut, four rounds, let's get up there. Let's make some things happen. Daniel Berger at 93, as I mentioned. Um, excuse me. Let me go back to that one second here. Yep. So there's Daniel Berger. And then we get down to Harris English, uh, who comes in at. Wait a minute. What am I doing here? Dang it. Hold on a second. Yes. There we go. Sorry. Forget about Berger. Back it up. Webb Simpson comes in at 11, right behind Jason Day. Ryan Palmer, in my model, tied with him at 11 at 7,200. So there's that Ryan Palmer name again. You know, last 24 rounds, playing some good golf. Now, this is just last 24 rounds, right? So you have to take that into consideration. A lot of ways that you can break this down, but this is the way that I'm going about it 
with my model, hopefully giving you some names to consider. John Rahm, 11,100, comes in at 13. Matthew Fitzpatrick at 14. Justin Rose at 15. I think Justin Rose, and I'll finish with Rose here, is an interesting name. A couple weeks ago, finished tied for second with Finau in Europe or DJ1. And, you know, is Justin Rose, can he come back? over here now and start to show some of the form that we've seen. He, he hasn't played well. He left Sean Foley. Now he's back with him. So I think Rose at 77 with his ceiling is a good play. I, I think he played much better a couple weeks ago. Can he come back over here and at 7,700 finish in a top five? He certainly has the ceiling to do that. So those are some names as you start looking down that, that, that I'm looking at into the rankings. I get this at fantasynational.com. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. I'll be filling out my brackets. Go to Travis Fulton Golf and Instagram or at Travis Fulton on Twitter. You'll see my contest that I run. Um, get people into it. Pay the top three spots. Winner also gets a free case of Encore Golf Ball. So go check that out. Appreciate you listening to a few thoughts here on the World Golf Championships as they come to Florida now, the workday, right? Workday back in that sponsorship spot. What a great Sponsor they have been for golf. Concession Golf Club, I think you're going to see a really tough test here. Tough test in a golf course that's going to look absolutely beautiful on TV. Spring is near. Enjoy the World Golf Championship.